find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. presents an unfortunate team meeting in which the spaceship's mechanic tells the crew they're about to run out of oxygen. Well, this, uh, this is really tough, gang. Never thought I'd have to do this, so I'm just gonna come right out and say it. It's bad, you know? I mean, real bad. The main engine deck, as well as several auxiliary systems, will not respond to troubleshooting and are completely offline. Decks 5 through 8 have lost gravity, and given our lack of connectivity to the climate management system on those decks, we are still not clear on the level of damage. The little needle, you know, the one above the electrolysis oxygen generator? (laughs) Yeah, it's in the red. Basement level red. A critical red. A kind of red that screams there ain't enough duct tape in the Andromeda to fix this shit show kind of red. Now I may be (laughs) just some simple space engineer for some backwoods moon colony whose chief export is somnol dust and marrow bulbs. (laughs) But even I can tell when a situation is utterly fucked and folks this is it. We Gave it a good go, for the most part. See, that shortcut that Captain Dan wanted to take did shave about 6.5 light years off our return fight path, but uh, by doing that, he also ran afoul of some space pirates that felt the need to give chase and plunder. Honestly, we were kind of asking for it, don't you think? I don't piss in the panther tiger's habitat and then act surprised when my prized possessions get swiped at. But the only thing worse than pissing in a panther tiger's habitat would be a late delivery. Right, Cap? Any corners fit to cut when there's an early bird bonus on the line. Right, Dan? Asteroid belts be damned. Pirates be damned. Right, Dan? It's a shame that the claw also took out the engine core, so we're dead in the water. Ain't that just a claw to the bits? Now I know you're not going to want to hear I told you so. (laughs) And I've already given you some awful news, but we're running out of oxygen, which also means I'm running out of time to say this. And I want this whole crew to know we did the best that we could. There were decisions made above our pay grades and behind our backs, and the people who made those decisions are directly responsible for the death spiral we find ourselves in. So, when leadership tries to tell you it's fine, we're fine, everything is fine, just remember, people who profit off your exploitation have every reason to lie to you. When I signed up with this ship, the Eternal, I didn't have lofty expectations. (laughs) I never dreamed of labor, so I never had a dream job. Getting off Colony 76 felt like a victory in and of itself. But once I got the chance to know some of y'all, 
and hear about your families back home and the instruments you play and learn how many of y'all cheat at cards or are still paying off your respective educations, I dreamed of us becoming something more. Not a family and not a polycule, something grander and more future-oriented. They wanted us to form a union. That's right, Dan. You heard the rumors. We were gonna unionize on your ass and it was gonna feel so right. We just couldn't get it together, could we? We had too many cooks in that damn kitchen. We only wanted a fully stocked commissary. We just wanted orange slices and juice boxes. We were a simple people. Until the command department wanted better hours, security wanted better pay, and I just wanted some time off. The last PTO I took was when I got that uranium wrench to the face, and you all know I haven't been the same since. Anywho, our meetings became arguments, and arguments became resentments, and resentment turned right into complacency when Dan started giving us the bare minimum. Unmonitored bio breaks, two weeks vacation, a fucking suggestion box? We didn't bring an offer to the table, and so we got scraps. We could have had it all if we found a way to come together against our repressor. As it stands, we have less than an hour's worth of oxygen, and the nearest help is about six FTL jumps away. I can't tell any of y'all what to do with your last hour of breath. But I'll be doing my best to think happy thoughts. I'll be dreaming of the alternate universe where we unionized, had our demands met and grew stronger together. I'll be dreaming of the world where I was proud of my work and my workplace. I'll be dreaming of the healthcare we could have gotten that could have helped with my facial restoration after the uranium wrench incident. And you'll all be there too, with me in my happy thoughts. You aren't family, but y'all are all right. Except for you, Dan. You and your corporate greed can lug my nuts. If there's any justice in the verse, I'll survive long enough to watch you die. Flight of the Eternal. And now, another unfortunate team meeting in which the spaceship's captain would like to address some rumors going around. Okay, huh? Dan Spartan here, Captain of the Eternal. Thought I'd gather everyone together here just to address some of the rumors going around on the good old Eternal. 
Number one, everything is fine. It's fine. We are fine. Everything is fine. Number two, yes, it is true that we are currently dead in the water and have lost both main engine and auxiliary power due to damages received by an unfortunate run-in with an unscheduled trip through an asteroid belt. We are about six FTL jumps away from Nexus Point Andromeda and are currently waiting for a tow from the nearest way station. Number three, our engineers are attempting to re-establish the artificial gravity to decks five through eight and should have the issue settled in the next hour or so. Let's temper expectations though as due to the extensive damage from said asteroid belt to decks five through eight, progress has been hard to achieve. The engineers ask that those left on decks 5 through 8 to please hold on tight, literally. <laughs> Number 4. As our head mechanic stated, perhaps out of turn in my opinion, we are dealing with the small but very solvable issue of steadily running out of oxygen. This is an inconvenience, possibly correlated to the asteroid belt damage, who's to say? I did! Number 5. Everything is fine. Let's all just take a moment to breathe. Don't breathe! Just a small one for now. There. Feels good, doesn't it? Number six. We are now out of juice boxes and orange slices in the commissary. Now, I did mention that the soon-to-be lack of oxygen issue is solvable. With the tow ship en route, they have informed me that they will be bringing an emergency resupply of oxygen. So that's positive. The tow vessel will be here in 90 minutes. The amount of air supply we have left is 60 minutes, so that's a negative. I've talked about it with leadership and we have all agreed to carry forward with the following plan. We are going to start holding our breaths in timed intervals to help offset the depleting oxygen supply. Your direct leadership for each deck has received the instructions and schedules, and I encourage you to hold your breath when instructed. They have informed me that this will work, and everything will be fine. So with that in mind, let's go to the comment box. HR has informed me that this instills positivity amongst the crew, that they, uh, you, are feeling heard and have a say here on the Eternal. <clears throat> Here we go. Eat shit, Dan. Okay, not a good start. Also incredibly churlish towards chain of command, but that's the process, you know? Why did you steer directly into the asteroid belt, asshole? I didn't. Okay, let's be clear. I did not steer directly into the asteroid belt. The pilot did. I merely suggested a course that would save time on the trip and net a early bird bonus if we got to Nexus Point Andromeda by the next cycle. Also hurtful. Dan. Captain Dan. Just Dan seems informal. What the fuck? Not really specific, so I'm gonna move on. If we're running out of oxygen, don't you think this meeting could have been sent in an email? Well... As per my last email, I may have mentioned that not a lot of people seem to retain information shared in said emails, so we're doing this. 
is it true that you jettison the escape pods due to a clerical error? Yes, actually, that is true. A little inconvenient, but it's a simple mistake, really. There are two buttons for the escape pods. One says attach, and the other says detach, and I'm colorblind, so I got confused. Can happen to anyone. Could we get apple slices instead? No. Apples don't exist anymore, and synthetic orange slices are more cost-effective. Oh, there's more on the back of this one. Asshole. Hurtful. Okay, yep, um, kind of a bummer, but the damage has spread to decks 9 and 10. Also, that tow vessel is going to be 5 hours now, so let's get that holding breath thing going ASAP. I'm going to go back to the bridge, crawl in a spacesuit, and just go for a little walk. I'll be online if you need me. Uh, meeting over. Thank you for the comments.
The ship's cook gives us an update on the orange slice supply situation. And this whole spaceship thing was an accident for me. I wanted to go into catering, mostly because I'm a sucker for weddings. Pass apps, ribeyes, beautiful cakes a mile high. Oh, that was the dream. This ship is full of people who look at to the night sky for that sense of infinite wonder. I never had to look that far. I, f I found that wonder in food. Smell of butter when it hits a heated skillet. Watching a sauce come together. There was enough beauty on earth for me. I love to fuss and toil and perfect a recipe. Waiting for the proper season and timing. Sourcing the right ingredients. And then... You ever watch someone take a bite of something you've cooked and watched them melt? Once I knew I could do that to other people, that was all I ever wanted to do. That was everything. And then I fell in love. He was like, I think we need a cook on our ship. We're leaving tomorrow? And you should have seen him. The way the moonlight carved into the contours of him. His low whisper in the wee hours of the morning. He traced a line down my bicep with his finger, and those lines might as well have been inked straight into me. I only asked one question. When do we leave tomorrow? I didn't ask, what kind of cooking do you need me to do? I didn't ask, if somebody asks you where we met, what are you going to say? I didn't ask, did you have a last name? Up till that moment in my life, I was obsessed with making everyone else melt. I hardly recognized it when I found myself melting in this man's arms. My ambition didn't leave me, but it took up a separate place in myself. This man was becoming everything to me in front of my very eyes. Coming onto the ship with a man I barely knew was so exhilarating it until it became crystal clear he's not out at work. He is exactly who I know him to be when there's no one around, but he high-fives me in front of other people, calls me bro when he thinks people are listening to our conversations. My younger years, I'd be mad as hell. Why isn't he parading me around on his arm, singing at the top of his lungs about us? Instead, I just feel bad for everyone around us that they don't get to know. He keeps everyone at a calculated distance. Everyone except for me. It hasn't been perfect, far from it. But I never once resented him for my being here. This wasn't my dream, but there's something exciting about watching someone else's dream come true. He lights up like a white dwarf star every time he sees me. People go their whole lives without a love like that. I never figured out how to resist him. Now, I never will. As much as it's been grand to be out here with him, I haven't seen a ribeye in years. Some nights, I dream of pastry cream and shoe buns. Mostly all I get to do is chop up oranges. Fruit prep is a far cry from the coup d'etat. I prefer to prepare, but what are you going to do? When love calls, you answer. Anything less than a yes is a no, and I don't do half rations. I'll say this. At least the orange slices I'm whipping up are extremely popular. I've seen nasty bastards, the kind that have more money than God, get cranky over a croquembouche that got too thick a coat of caramel. There's a certain kind of person who can get upset no matter what, and there's no one on this ship like that. I'm sure they'd appreciate a well-constructed cream puff, but... These incredible people, these thoughtful, intelligent, capable people... They're grateful even for just a slice of an orange. 
<laughs> At least I don't have to figure out how to live without them. Regret is a funny thing. When you've got your whole life ahead of you, having regret seems daunting. Have I only come so far, and yet I've already screwed it all up? Now in these final moments, having regrets just seems silly. If I were to go back and do it all again, would I have done anything differently? Would I have asked him to stay with me? Don't show up to work tomorrow, I'll make pancakes? Would I have said, absolutely not, I'm going to feed people at weddings? Would I have said, have fun, I'll miss you? I'll try not to think about what your face does to my insides? There was no time to think. There was no way out except through. In the arms of a gorgeous man in the wee hours of the morning. Part of me thinks I was stupid, young and horny. Another part of me marvels at that sweet, dumb boy. Captain Dan's saying there's about an hour left of oxygen, which probably means we've got 30 minutes, maybe less. How foolish would I have to be to spend my last hour regretting my choices? Wailing about how I got here. Screaming seems like a waste of oxygen. Peace isn't the right word. Maybe it's serenity? Listen, thinking is hard. I'd rather not think about where I am right now, in my last moments. I'd rather be wrapped up in my lover, breathing in his musk, reveling in the weight of his fingers tracing lines in my arm. Hopefully he's still at his station and I can find him in time. Hopefully I have just enough breath in me to reach him. As long as I can put one foot in front of the other, I can get closer to him. I'll have more hope than I should. Hopefully I can hold him one last time. Wish me luck. And now, the ship's pilot finds serenity. Pilot's personal data log, recovered from the Eternal, post-cleanup, backdated before pirate incursion and subsequent total malfunction of ship's vital systems. The better question is, who didn't want to become a pilot? It's the best job in the world. Only thing is, the training is brutal. Half our first year cohort didn't get past the zero gravity drills. As my body was being hurled in every direction imaginable, as I felt my organs being thrown to one side of my ribcage or the other, it was like I floated up and out of my body. I floated back to being a kid, staring up at the stars long after my moms told me to go to bed. That kid would have been so proud of me, and I had to keep going. For her. Because of that little kid, I stumbled out of the zero-gravity drills a bolder, stronger version of me. I might have had vomit in my hair and a wet face full of tears, but my vision was clear. I wish I could say it was smooth sailing after that. The act of chasing your dreams is so deeply romanticized. I almost couldn't believe how much of an uphill battle it was. Sleepless nights in the academy, clawing up the ranks, earning my credentials one agonizing trial at a time, with all the thinking and planning and analyzing I did, my mind felt like a warehouse overstuffed with heavy boxes. And even when there seemed to be no more room in me, I made more space for what I needed to know. I never stopped loving it, and it never stopped being work. Then, 
The brass found out I lied on my application. <laughs> See, in this galaxy, you'd think it'd be easier to run from your parents' mistakes. They were fanatics, Ouroboros high command, religious terrorists deemed by Federal Union of Colonies. Not exactly people you can list on your application as emergency contacts. But that's their thing, man. Not mine. I wanted to be in the sky. I wanted to fly. I didn't care about gods or celestial serpents or stuff like that. I just wanted wings. So I lied on my background a little bit. Make it easier for everyone, right? They couldn't kick me out completely. That'd be a freedom of religion bureaucratic nightmare. They also wouldn't let me anywhere near a military vessel now. So they transferred me to a civilian freighter. The Eternal. I thought, fine. <laughs> Finally, I'm a pilot. Not some grunt surveying galactic current data or number monkey calculating FTL jumps and ETAs. My first thought on this bridge was, may this be a new kind of work. May I be a new kind of me. That night, I moved into my quarters, and that's when I found the tapes. I found Serenity. It made perfect sense to me that the Eternal's last pilot would have had some self-help tapes stashed under his bunk. I figured they couldn't be all that effective, considering he airlocked himself on the last tour. Guess he helped himself after all, I thought, though maybe not the way the tapes recommended. I forgot about them for a while as I adjusted to life on this ship. And then the job got to be too much. I found myself envying my subordinates who could spend their days crunching numbers or musing about navigation. I didn't have wings like I thought I would never flew like I had intended. I merely floated in the void, lost and adrift to the whims of Captain Dan's insane stoogery. He has all this frontier to explore at his fingertips, yet clings to the carnival barking from his corporate masters. I looked for signs in the void, urges roiled in my stomach deep, dark impulses calling out to me, like sirens steering a ship to the rocks. I gazed into the void, feeling its full weight press against my psyche, losing all sense of self and of time. Is this what it feels like to fly? I laid in my bunk one night, the siren song slowly gaining steam, when I remembered serenity. I started listening to the tapes. Breathe in. I began on the path to self-knowledge and wellness. Hands together. Leaving behind my existence of anxiety and Think hardship. Of what you'd like I learned more from those five lessons than I'd ever learned I'm about myself in all my days. I'm it was my longest you. night. I prayed never to sleep again. For what white light what? serenity saved my life. Serenity says, Crisis, crisis arises when we when don't we listen. Don't listen. Which is true. I hadn't been listening. I had only ever been thinking. I ignored the urges roiling inside me. I denied the teachings of elders, and I spent my whole life thinking, doubting. Thinking hurts us. Serenity 
taught me to breathe and to listen. Serenity taught me that white light is all we need, that time, space, and existence were born from the void, shall live in the void and return to the void in due time. Serenity taught me we are all the white light and we are all the temple in which the white light resides. When I believed in this, the path became clear. The path is a circle, a snake eating its own tail. It's time for me to help the others see what I see, know what I know. It's time for me to take us all home. The captain says, steer us to the rocks, and I will not hesitate. His foolish plan to take us through this asteroid belt just gave me a decent cover story. He will tell everyone that I unsuccessfully navigated the asteroid belt, leaving his own culpability out of the story. Truth is, I would have found a way to bring us home regardless of his avarice. Thank you, Captain Dan. Serenity thanks you. Don't worry, everyone. We'll be home soon. We'll all be white light together. Just breathe. Um, I need a med pack. I I, I need to I need to find the God. God damn fucking shit.
fine. It's fine. Captain Dan says it's fine, so it's 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 um it's fine. It's fine. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. Just need to reach the med pack. Be advised. Emergency oxygen hold in effect. Fuck. Deck six no, will no, now no, 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 Captain Dan. <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay, not so bad. It looks, um, worse than it feels. Uh, worth it, though. <laughs> hey, Ash, you, uh, you see the other guy? Fucking spacer pirate piece of shit. Think they can get the jump on the Eternal? And jump on old Gunny here? Not so fucking fast, are you now? You're just debris. Floating in space. <laughs> Look at you now. I think I see your bits. Serves you fucking right. Hey, Ash. You, uh... Can you make sure the whole integrity is stable? I'm... I'm seeing a lot of splintered glass right here. Hull integrity in gunner station is acceptable. Perfect, thank you. Gunny? Yeah? Your biometrics are reaching critical levels. Is that so? Gunny? Yeah, Ash? You are dying. I don't know if you heard the good cap, Ash, but all of us are kind of up a creek right now. I'm unfamiliar with this phrasing, Gunny. It's fine, it doesn't... It, uh... Don't suppose you want to notify a nearby medical team, or... All medical personnel are engaged at the moment. Yeah, no, you know, uh, take your time. It's no rush. I'm good. <sighs> Super good here. Ash, what's the status of the commissary? Internal communications with Deck 7 have been severed due to sustained damage. I have not been able to reach any department after Captain Dan's meeting. Well, if you can, uh... I could really use some orange slices right about now. Orange slices are temporarily unavailable due to sustained damage on... I know, Ash. I know. <laughs> Honestly, I... I kind of knew it would always end up like this. In a gunner chair, riddled with holes and crimson. Feels like closing a loop, <laughs> you know? Um, feels good. I don't know what you mean, Gunny. I was a, I was a military brat, through and through. Generations of military-sponsored funeral arrangements dating back to the celestial civil aggression. I am up to date on your personnel file. Both my great-granddads died fighting zealots from the Universal Church of Ouroboros. <laughs> Grandma led a whole battalion to slaughter fighting Terran revolutionists on Titan. Uncle Jackson's a concert violinist in New Sydney. We don't really talk to him. 
Mom died about ten years back keeping Ouroboros from doing some bullshit again, and sister's leading a command in the Outer Reach. Mako Nebula, I think. I, I don't know. It's all pretty hush-hush. And Dad, um... Dad's still thumping around the Andromeda. Barking orders like he owns the place. I see him on Hollow Vision every once in a while, breathing brimstone about the aggressive rebel expanse here in the 303. Newsfeeds love him. We, um, we didn't talk much after I got discharged. He didn't care much for my decision. I, I didn't care much for their policies concerning my private life, and... You know, I, I just, I was proud. I was proud to serve. I continue to be proud. And I may not be making my maker on some foreign shore or fighting some fucking space snake cultists, but I'm dying protecting the, the people I love. The person I love. Ash. Yes, Gunny? No word on commissary yet. All comms are still down on deck he seven. He wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me. I got the assignment to the Eternal and I was positioned for battalion command. And then he showed up out of nowhere. Night before I left. And I asked him if he wanted to come with. The ship needs a cook. You always need a cook. The idea of being without him it feels wrong. Felt wrong. Hurts about as much as this gaping hole <laughs> currently in my torso. I told the captain I, I just happened to find this cook. And he... No, he's more than that. He's, he's a chef. And Captain Dan, well, he didn't even ask where I found him, which is a relief because I wouldn't have been able to say... Centuries of scientific achievements, progress, and expansion, yet humanity trips over the same corner of the rug every damn time. Losing blood. Feeling woozy. At least we got each other at the end, right, Ash? I am here, Gunny, and I am not. What does that mean? While I am here, talking with you, I am throughout the ship. My bandwidth is spread across the entirety of the Eternal at any given moment, diverting attention to where I am needed most. Currently, I am assisting search and rescue teams on Deck 5, coordinating O2 protocols with leadership, firewalling data logs, talking Captain Dan through a panic attack while he cries in the airlock, reading the last rites for two dying crew members, and having six other conversations of indeterminate importance similar to this one. You really know how to kill a moment, Ash. <laughs> how much? I do not understand your question. How much of your bandwidth am I taking? Two percent. Ash, do we have comms yet? All communication systems remain unavailable. Can, uh... Can I leave a voicemail? I'm 
Afraid I don't understand the question. A voicemail for the cook in the in the commissary. I'm afraid I don't understand. Ash, can you record a message for me, and then when comms come back on, can you play it for him? There is little reason to believe that communication systems will be made available before life support systems critically fail. Have a heart for a second, you nasty fucking bag of wires. <sighs> Recording now. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, Cookie. I just wanted to say I'm sorry that I brought you into this. I know you don't blame me, but I wanted to say sorry anyway. I'm also sorry that I never told anyone about us. If it weren't for the military and uh, my family and society and my flawed ideas about masculinity and affection in public settings, I'd be better. And I'd be different. I wish I was better and different. You deserve someone better and different. I don't know if you'll even hear this message. I, I don't even know if you're still alive, but if you do hear this, if you are alive, I want you to know you're the best thing that ever happened to me. You are my life. I want you to know that I love... Gunny? Would you like to end the message, Gunny? Struggle to breathe. There's far too much smoke. You say that you're dying. For a place to call your own, to find your moment. Can't find it all alone. Your house is big and wide. Nothing feels like home Now strike up the band Play that same old song The darkness becomes you More familiar But no one's not saying Things will be alright We'll find a way Light at the end There are
civilian staring out into the void on a dying ship finds Captain Dan floating dead in space. Huh! That's... Yeah, that's him. That's... Captain Dan, he looks puffy, like a starfish in a spacesuit, just rotating space junk, rolling right along. Attention, O2 levels have dropped to a critical level. Emergency O2 reduction procedures via collective holding of breath has been deemed by leadership to be ineffective. Leadership would like to apologize for this inconvenience and urge the crew to prepare any and all final transmissions for recovery. Once again, O2 reduction procedures have failed. Leadership would like to thank you. The AI drones on and on, and I think about a final message, a final transmission, more directly who I would leave it for. I'm alone. The observation deck where I am is currently quiet. I am alone. I look at the giant celestial entity in front of me, its purple and white gaseous body, its wisps and flares breaching the atmosphere to kiss the black of space, Captain Dan starfishing, bouncing off the glass of the observation deck. I am alone. And that is okay. There's peace in this, I tell myself. That all my roads led me to this point in time. I could have made a hundred different little decisions, thousands even, all of them shooting me off into a multiverse of different lives and outcomes. All of them leading to great purpose and tragic ruin. This was one of the ruined ones. People get weird when you out yourself as a multiversist. They can fathom faster than light travel, synthetic orange slices, and celestial serpents, but living an infinite number of lives all at once in an ever-expanding branching pathway is beyond them. I think to myself, how many of me are watching something like this right now? How many of me are living this exact moment Different circumstances, of course, but the outcome remains the same. Am I a copy or an original? Is this the only version of me that has experienced this? I am not alone anymore. A cook leads a soldier into the observation deck. The soldier is injured. The cook is in love, I think. How many versions of them have ended up here? Are they happy somewhere together and have they never met? Purpose or ruin? They sit at a bench to my right. The cook gives me a look and nods, holding his companion close as a celestial body covers them in cool purple glow. 
several more of the crew enter from the opposite door, people I've never seen before. Their breath is labored, but they don't seem panicked. They take their seats, and I am not alone. The pilot is crying with joy in the back corner of the room. Don't know what that's all about. I'm sure she has a lot on her mind right now. The mechanic is against the window glass, hurling expletives and crude gestures at Captain Dan. They almost seem overjoyed. I think about home. I think about the stars. I think about my grandfather and what he said about the multiverse. He would recite it to me on occasion whenever I was feeling like I wasn't good enough. He would say, Tomorrow morning, you will wake up to the latest version of you. It downloaded itself and installed overnight. It accepted the terms and conditions for you. And now you wake from your slumber new, this new version of you. This version may be a patch to a previous release. This version may be fresh from beta, ready to be unleashed on an unsuspecting world. This version may be an upgrade with added features you don't quite understand yet. But this version of you is still you. It comes with all the programming that came before it. Trillions of lines of code, terabytes of data, years of collected memories and triumphs and defeats, all of the experiences that make you, you. This version of you may be angry. This version of you may be sad. This version of you may be happy. This version of you is capable of saving the world. This version of you is capable of doing harm. This version of you is a time traveler, able to see the past, plan for the future, remain in the present. This version will require maintenance. This version will demand work and routine checkups. This version of you will do its best to learn from the mistakes of the past, but know full well that they are carried over in legacy, forever written into your core source code. It will take time to learn. It will take time to fully understand why this particular version of you exists here and now, in the void of nothing and everything. It will take time to achieve optimal operational status. It will lead you to some hereto unknown epiphany. A moment of clarity just out of reach. And when it finally does, another version of you will begin. It will download in the middle of the night. It will accept the terms and conditions. It will not fully understand why it exists yet. It will greet the other versions of everyone else. Together, you'll confer and wonder what the point of it all is. This endless cycle of updates and upgrades. You will find comfort in not knowing what is going on together. This version of you can change. This version of you is not the last. This version of me sees this version of you, welcomes you. This version of you is something the universe has never seen before. Welcome to the world, this new version of you. He sits beside me now, like the others. I know he's not there, but maybe somewhere else he is. I can feel a tightness in my chest now. 
Captain Dan has disappeared from view. The cook and the soldier are firmly embraced. The mechanic is knelt before the window. The crew, these versions of them, take stock. We breathe together. We take comfort in not knowing what's next. Soon I will go to sleep and another version of me will appear. And when I do, I hope you'll be there too. The Ugly Radio is a production of Ugly Radio Presents and is a part of the Podmoth Network. Tonight's episode was produced by Andrew Shanks. Tonight's episode was The Last Flight of the Eternal, written by Maddie Nipple and Andrew Shanks. Additional material written by Morgan Wigner and Sarah Sherb. Performed by A.V. Eichenbaum, Mike Gilson, Mary Kate Moran, Maddie Nibble, Sarah Rose Nottingham, Andrew Shanks, and Jordan Michael Whitby. Original music by Claudio, an unknown citizen. Musical guest tonight was Small Graves. Their new single, Fuck, You're Amazing, Let's Invade France, is now on Spotify and Apple Music. Title song provided by Unknown Citizen. The Ugly Radio is a proud member of the Podmoth Network. Podmoth is a tirelessly curated collection of weird, odd, and macabre podcasts. Give them a listen today. To support The Ugly Radio, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash theuglyradio. You can also contact us at theuglyradio at gmail.com. Take care, and we'll see you in the void. Do you have a hunger for cinematic horror? Do you enjoy the thrill from seeing boogeymen, beasts, and butchers go about their dark work? Then all you need to do is speak of the devil, and the devil will come to you. Speak of the Devil is a podcast for all movies that have anything from demons and poltergeists to serial killers and the supernatural. I'm Kayla. And I'm Taylor. Join us as we embark on a journey through the dark recesses of horror films, from the classics to blockbusters and everything in between. New episodes come out every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're not scared of anything. Are you? Hey everyone, Dave here to tell you about my show Cryptic Cocktail Party. Looking for a good time filled with laughter, intriguing tales, and a splash of the supernatural? Well, maybe I can help. Every week I bring on a rotating cast of guests to have a few drinks, share a few laughs, and take a dive into the unknown. Join us as we raise our glasses and tell the tales of some of the world's most famous cryptids, from the legendary Grafton monster to the elusive Dover demon and the enigmatic Mothman. Well, that's not all. Our party spills over into the world of the extraterrestrial, encounter the spine-chilling Flatwoods monster, the mischievous Hopkinsville goblin, and uncover the truth about infamous alien encounters. You need a dash of mystery? We got you covered. Delve into mind-blowing conspiracy theories such as the infamous Philadelphia experiment and the secrets hidden within the Denver airport. Cryptic Cocktail Party is a weekly comedy podcast that guarantees laughter, curiosity, and a few surprises along the way. Cheers to the unknown.